I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Kim Grenolds of dogman.com with Jason Shear from Wildcat Authority. Washington takes on Arizona Wildcats at five o'clock at Husky Stadium this Saturday. Weather is looking good. Not expecting rain, but it's always a little chilly down on the lake with that wind blowing off. But Jason, uh, before we get into football, I want to touch bases with you. Give us an update on what you're hearing with what's going on with the basketball situation and Sean Miller down at Arizona. Um, nothing new, to, to be honest with you. I, I think the big thing now is um, they're going to appeal the process and, and try to get it to the independent board and, and kind of see things through. They've They've kind of gone this far with Sean Miller, so I think they're going to see it to the end and then kind of make a decision from there, especially because he has um, two years left on his contract, so they're going to have to make a decision one way or another after this season. So they'll probably write it out, see what happens, and then uh, kind of go from there. Tell me if I'm wrong on this, but going the way that they went to, instead of going through the NCAA, they've gone to the board. If there was an NCAA ruling, they could appeal, but going through the board, that's final. Am I off base on that? No, you're right. And, and no one really knows how it's going to work. Um, Arizona won't be the first case that they hear. The LSU and Kansas were before that. So um, they're all going to the board. But the, the final result is, is the final result. And, and people are basically um, the reason the schools are going to the board is because they're basically saying we don't trust the NCAA to, to kind of be um, in the middle to kind of not have a bias. So we're going to go to the board and, and see what happens there. Tell us about Kevin Sumlin as the head coach down at Arizona. He's a big name, big hire. He's getting paid a lot. Uh, are the fans down there, alumni, happy with what's going on with Kevin Sumlin? Uh, they are not. <laughs> they are. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I would have said before that if Arizona didn't have a winning season this season, um, Kevin Sumlin was out. I mean, there were rumors and discussions of him being out after last season, um, but it cost a lot of money. And now with COVID and all that, I don't want to say he's safe. I mean, if they go winless, it's it's just going to be a serious conversation. But um, his buyout right now is $7.5 million. And they just had to lay off 20 members of the AD because of COVID and, and finances and all that. So um, I, I think there's some optimism after the USC game where even though they lost, I mean, Arizona football has fallen so far that even in a loss, people were happy with how Arizona played. Um, if he can build off that and, and get a win or two this season, I, I think people will be willing to give him another season. But, I mean, if they only get, you know, one win and, and they're not looking very good, it's to me, I think Arizona has to find a way to kind of move on because um, the fans are, are pretty over it by now. I always say everything's about the money, but uh, $7.5 million with Kevin Sumlin, if Sean Miller is let go, it, what's his buyout? And is that, I mean, that could have an impact too. That's a lot of money to pay for guys not coaching. Yeah, I mean, basically, they're going to have a decision to make because Miller's contract runs out. He's got two years left. And so they basically have to decide, look, we want to re-sign Miller. 
and kind of keep them and buy out someone. I, I don't see any feasible way they can move on from both coaches. They're going to have to kind of decide what they want to do in that regard. Yeah. Um, tell me about uh, last week's game at USC. What did you see that you liked? What did you see you're concerned with? It was an interesting one because um, there's a lot of new things with Arizona football. The first one I, I think most people were curious was the defensive side of the ball. Um, Arizona has a new defensive coordinator in Paul Rhodes, entirely new defensive staff. Every position coach is new on Arizona, um, new players across the defensive line. And um, I don't want to say the defense was great, but it looked and it, it felt different. Guys were where they were supposed to be. Um, they had numerous goal line stops on USC where last year you kind of got the feeling those guys would have scored at will. Um, they, they made fourth down stops and um, they didn't pressure the quarterback enough, but there were pieces to the defense that kind of led to some optimism. Uh, the, the thing on defense is they have no depth. I mean, the, this weekend too, they'll be starting two walk-ons at linebacker, which, you know, some in year three uh, shouldn't be happening, but um, you know, to me, for a good portion of that game, Arizona looked like the better team. Uh, Grant Gunnell threw an in early interception. Um, kind of, it looked like he was kind of too jazzed up for for the the season opener. Threw a bad pick, but really calmed down and played well. The running game played well. The offense was fine. Um, you know, it, usually you go to a message board after a loss, especially Arizona football, and everyone's kind of beating each other up. But the the general belief after the game was that there was more room for optimism as opposed to taking the other view. Tell me about that defense. Washington came out last week against Oregon state, wanted to run the ball. Jimmy Lake shows up at his press conference with a hat that says run the damn ball. I'm not sure exactly what that means knowing Jimmy a little bit, but uh, Washington decides to run the ball. How's that defensive line going to hold up? And how do you feel about the ability for the defensive line? Because Washington has a mammoth offensive line. How comfortable are you with that and stopping the run? Yeah, USC was interesting because when they ran the ball up the middle, they had no success at all. When they ran it to the perimeter, specifically their left side, that's where they just killed Arizona. They took advantage of the, the younger linebackers on, on the edges and, and really beat up Arizona, especially to the left side. The, the defensive line, I'm, I'm not going to say it's good. I would say it's average, which is a step up from, from last season. Um, you know, they, they made good moves. What they did is they went out, they got New Mexico transfer Aaron Blackwell and New Mexico State transfer Roy Lopez. I think Roy Lopez is really good. I think he's the best defensive lineman Arizona has right there in the middle. Really big guys. At the very least, um, Arizona's defensive line isn't undersized. They have a couple of guys over 300 pounds, which is something where they haven't had the, the last few years. Um, the problem there is depth, and it showed in the USC game as well where USC just went to running ball and, and Arizona really has no depth. I mean, the, the three guys you're going to see at the defensive line are the three guys. Um, maybe they have one guy coming off, not a starter named Trevon Mason, who's solid, but it's Blackwell, it's Roy Lopez, and it's a guy on the end named uh, Kion Bars. And so I, I think if you're looking at the Washington game, you know, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. That's a big, powerful offensive line. They're going to pound the ball. And Arizona may be able to, to kind of step up early, but it's later on in the game where, you know, if I'm Washington, I'm just trying to beat up Arizona's defensive line because they're, they're going to get gassed. There's just not enough depth at that position. Kevin Sumlin said he's going to try to play more guys on defense, but playing more guys and, and playing more guys that are actually capable of playing is, is a different story. 
You talk about playing more guys and you talk about linebackers. You're starting two walk-on linebackers. How are you going to play more guys when you've got two linebackers that are walk-ons? Tell me about that linebacker position. Yeah, so it's, I mean, they lost Colin Schooler to train. Basically, the Pac-12, Arizona was one of the, the teams hit the hardest because when it looked like the Pac-12 wouldn't have football, they lost the starting safety in Scotty Young, and then they lost two starting linebackers in Colin Schoolers, who's now playing at Texas Tech, and Tony Fields, who's been one of the better linebackers uh, for West Virginia. And so because it happened so late in the process, they weren't able to go out and replace them. Um, so they have Anthony Pandy and Jalen Harris on the outside, which they're fine. They're veterans. They're solid linebackers. And they're starting walk-on Rourke Freeberg, who actually played really well against USC. Um, but he's still, he's still a walk-on with not a lot of experience. And the issue is that behind those guys, you have Corbena Watson, who's still a little too skinny and, and really didn't play last year. And then you have true freshman DJ Morning, um, who's seeing the first college football he's ever seen. And so your depth, even though you're starting to walk on, your depth is basically the equivalent because these guys haven't seen college football. You're really only playing two linebackers that have consistently seen, you know, a good amount of college football. And I think that um, Rourke Freeberg, surprised the walk-on, he played well, had a big stop against USC on fourth down where he got in the backfield. But they're limited. I mean, if they have to get away from those guys, you're talking about guys now – that are going to Washington and, and haven't played against an offense like Washington, haven't played on the road, and whether their stands or not, it, it's still different. And so if you look at Arizona's defense, while the line is a concern, um, the linebackers, there's you mentioned it, there's really no true depth. Yeah, they can go and play a guy like Watson and Morning, and I do think they're talented and have bright futures, but we're still really only talking about the second game of their college careers. Third and 10, Dylan Morris drops back to pass. How comfortable are you watching that? Uh, it, it, Arizona had some issues uh, against USC. They had a, a questionable PI call on, on third and deep with Slovis. I, I think the biggest issue is pass rush. I actually think that Arizona's corners are solid. Um, Lorenzo Burns is back. He's the best corner by far, really experienced guy. Christian Roland Wallace um, was one of these guys that had offers, uh, legit offers from other Pac-12 schools. USC came onto him late. Uh, he played well. He misplayed a couple passes, got his hand on two passes, and they both deflected right into a USC receiver's hands and uh, wound up leading to points for USC. So he's got to kind of get the timing down. But in terms of the corners, I'm fine. The safeties is another position. Um, Jackson Turner is good. He, he kind of surprised with um, starting. He got hurt last year. Most people were expecting a guy named Christian Young um, to get the start. But Something to keep an eye on is Arizona doesn't update injuries. And at the end of the USC game, they were missing every starting safety. Jackson Turner had left the game hurt. Jarius Wallace left the game hurt. Christian Young left the game hurt. Um, they were in, in deep trouble. And so we don't know if those guys are playing. Obviously, if they don't play, it, it's a huge deal. But even if they do, I, I think that you look at Arizona's safeties and um, they're an issue. It, it's just they're, they're not very good. I like Jackson Turner. But beyond him, there's a guy named Reddy Short, who's another guy where, I mean, this is a guy, he was, Reddy Short was the third safety under Marcel Yates, and Paul Rhodes comes, and um, he's starting, which is good for Reddy Short, but you don't know if he's starting because he's good or he's starting because there's just no other options. And he struggled a little bit against USC. So, um, you know, if, if you obviously feel better on, on the third and 10, but 
Um, you know, we're basing it off one game against USC, and I think people still have questions about Arizona's defense and, and how much improved they really are. You made me chuckle a little bit saying your coaching staff doesn't update injuries. <laughs> Jimmy, that would be an upgrade from what Jimmy Lake does. <laughs> I mean, that's just a non-starter with Jimmy Lake. So yeah. we have no clue. So, um, hey, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. And when we return, we'll get over to the offensive side of the ball and talk about that outstanding quarterback at Arizona. It's uh, the guys from dogman.com on Dogman Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Dogman Radio. We're here with Jason Shear from Wildcat Authority. Jason, are you down in Tucson or are you up more towards Phoenix? No, I'm in Tucson. What's I'm about, uh, 10, 15 minutes away from the school. What's Seattle? It's like mid-40s and kind of raining. What's the weather in Tucson right now? Uh, the heat wave hasn't gone away. I, I think it's 92 today. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> It's weird because it's raining there and it's hot here and you guys would probably want the sun. And over here, it's like, yeah, we probably want a little bit of the cooler temps by now. Well, they're going to get it. <laughs> but but also I'm thinking about, boy, I'd sure like to be in Tucson right now with my golf clubs out. But anyways, uh, getting over to the offensive side of the ball, you've got an outstanding quarterback and Grant Gunnell. Tell the people a little bit about the monster. <laughs> Notice Grant Gunnell. Six foot six, 228 pounds. Is, how reminiscent is he of Nick Foles, the former Arizona quarterback? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair comparison. To, to me, he was the better quarterback on the roster last year, but the, the coaching staff mishandled the whole dynamic with him and Khalil Tate. Um, it was obvious Grant Cadell last year went in and beat UCLA through for like 350 yards in his first start. And it was like, okay, this guy should be the quarterback. And then Tate was behind center. And Without Khalil Tate, um, you know, at the end of last season, someone said, okay, Grant Gannell's our starting quarterback. And, and I think that's helped them. And uh, against USC, he threw the pick, but he calmed down, um, had a really nice pass to Tavian Cunningham, like a 60-yard touchdown pass that was just gorgeous. And he, he may not have the biggest arm. It's, it's good enough. But what he makes up for it is he's really, really smart as a quarterback. He controls the offense. Um, he's a calm guy. You know, it, you go back and watch that game in the fourth quarter when Arizona was trying to make what they hoped was the game-winning drive. He's walking up to center with a smile on his face as basically a freshman, you know, trying to win the football game against USC. And the the, the team loves him. Um, he, he'll make the smart pass. I mean, it's not going to be kind of sling it all over. Uh, it's a lot of dink and dunk stuff, but um, he's – he, he's solid. I, I think that when you look at Noel Mazzoni and what he wants in his offense, it's, it's Grant Gunnell. That's the guy. And um, he surprised a lot of people last week with his running ability. He actually ran, he, he's a big kid, but he ran in high school for like 800 yards over the, the four years that he started. And against USC, um, he had like 50 rushing yards in the first half and, and it was just taking off because USC was, was blitzing and leaving gaps. And eventually they had to spy him and, um, I don't know, you know, I don't think that'll necessarily happen against Washington, but even though he's big, he's not afraid to run when necessary. But he's a guy where 
Um, if you ask Arizona fans, you know, what they're most comfortable with on the team and you ask the coaching staff, I think every single one would answer Grant Canal. Weapons, he's got some. You know, the big one is the uh, running back, Gary uh, Brightwell. He's a six foot one senior at 218, 220 pounds. He's a big guy. Tell us a little bit about his running style. Will he be the only one carrying the load? Yeah, he's a guy where, you know, Arizona had JJ Taylor, who's with the Patriots now. And there's quite a few people close to the team that think that Brightwell will wind up being better than Taylor. Brightwell is a, a very strong runner, not as shifty as Taylor was, but a guy that is going to put his head down and kind of run through you. And he's big enough to do it. Um, they're going to rely on him quite a bit, I assume, uh, especially against Washington. And um, you, you take a look at him, and he, he's going to get the bulk of the carries. Arizona has depth at running back. And all throughout camp, we talked about how four guys would get carries. And at the end of the day, Brightwell got 20. Uh, there's a guy named Michael Wiley who got like six, and then that was it. Um, Michael Wiley will line up in the backfield, but they like throwing it to him quite a bit. So if you see Wiley in the backfield, um, don't assume it's a run. He's a guy where he'll go out in the slot. Um, he could probably play wide receiver uh, as well as running back, but they'll go two back as well. But um, Wiley's better at pass catching than Brightwell. Uh, Brightwell's just a, a good, solid, I think he's an underrated running back. He ran really hard against USC, had one drive in that game that led to a touchdown where they gave him the ball six times in a row and USC couldn't do anything about it. And so I mean, he finished 21 carries for like 120 yards or something like that and um, was really solid. So he's a guy where if Arizona is going to score on Washington, he has to have a good game. If he doesn't have a good game, I just – I don't see how that offense is successful. And you take a look at your wide receivers and the thing that jumps out real quick, size. You got some big wide receivers there. Yeah, yeah, they have good size. And, and what's interesting is they were missing two of them um, last week. So Brian Castile – is a guy where, you know, he might be, if he's not the best wide receiver on the team, he's the second best. And he didn't play. He had an injury, didn't play against USC. Drew Dixon is another guy with good size, didn't play against USC. So they're having some, some depth come back. Um, the best wide receiver on the team is Jamari Joyner. Uh, he actually came to Arizona as a quarterback, uh, got a couple snaps there, and then they kind of realized he, he was never going to beat out Grant Cannell. And so they moved him to wide receiver. And he's just a natural. Um, had a touchdown against USC. Super athletic. Runs really crisp routes. Uh, he's the best wide receiver. Um, Brian Castillo, like I mentioned, is right up there. Tavian Cunningham is a track guy. Um, if there's a race in the Pac-12, I'd, I'd put him up there with anyone. Uh, he's the fastest guy in the team. And he seems to have a connection with Gunnell. He, he led Arizona in receptions and yards against USC. Had the deep touchdown catch I mentioned earlier. Um, and then they have a guy named Booby Curry, who actually went to high school with Gunnell. He was hurt last year. Um, didn't play great against USC, but to be fair, that was his first game in, in quite a while. But um, he's a the guy they like, big, strong, physical guy. Uh, they have plenty of depth at, at wide receiver. They, they have plenty of guys that should be able to get open. So when you look on the offensive side of the ball, um, wide receiver and running back, if, if you're Arizona, you're pretty comfortable with it. Tell me about that offensive line. It all starts there. Yeah, it's a bit unbalanced, I would say, because um, they have some good players and they, they have some questionable ones. Uh, the, the two that jump out are Donovan Lay, who is a left guard. Um, interesting story with him. He actually, he, he's had quite a bit of tragedy in his family and about a month ago announced that he was transferring from Arizona. Just did it kind of on a whim. 
uh, the team, the coaches came together, met with him, and then the day after he said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to stay. He's going to transfer to San Diego State to be closer with his family. Um, he, he's a guy that's a borderline NFL prospect. He's the best um, lineman on the team. Uh, the leader of the bunch, or one of the leaders, is probably Josh McCauley. This is a guy that sprained his knee like three weeks ago, didn't practice, went out and started against USC and played every single snap. Um, he's kind of the rock of the offensive line, but um, there's some questions as well. Jordan Morgan is solid, still kind of young. Um, Peyton Fears uh, on the right side uh, struggled quite a bit against USC. They really took advantage of him. He has to be better. Um, and then depth, it's, it's very similar to the defense when I mentioned the offensive line and depth. Um, there's just not any depth. I mean, they have maybe one or two guys that they would feel being you know, comfortable putting in. Um, but other than that, if, if a lineman goes down, and I know you could say this for a lot of teams, but if a lineman goes down, um, they're in pretty big trouble because there's such a big drop-off from the ones to the twos. I always ask if there's a 43-yard field goal to win the game, how comfortable are you? I'm pretty comfortable. You know, it's, <laughs> Lucas Habersick is a, he's an interesting kicker because he missed a short one against USC, and he's done this his whole career. Um, he missed a short one against USC, and then he went for a 51-yarder, and I turned to the person next to me and said he's going to nail it. And he, he makes the long ones. He hit a 58-yarder last year. Um, his leg is, is unreal. But while he, you know, makes a 58-yarder, he can miss the ones from 30. And so you kind of don't know what you're going to get with him. But in terms of the leg, um, he's got it. Um, you know, he's probably improved since, since last year. Um, he's probably improved since last year. But uh, he's still a guy where he, consistency is by far his biggest issue. So we given a choice at the end of the game to win it, would you rather him kick a 28 or a 48 yard field goal? 48. 100%. Wow. <laughs> because he's a guy where he nails the long ones. Like he, I mean, he has something like six 50 yard field goals made in his career. Like he is absolutely, I mean, he had the 51 yarder against USC and it was good from 10 yards more. And then he missed a, a 30 something yarder, I believe. And so he's just a guy, I don't know what it is. He's one of the best in the country at touchbacks. It's like, if you just tell him to line up and kick it straight as hard as he can, he's good. If there's an angle or they're on a certain hash, um, that accuracy drops dramatically. He's that guy on the golf course that can hit the crap out of his driver, but he can't putt. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, um, you know, tell me if, or, if Arizona State, excuse me, Arizona, uh, sounded like Petros, by the way, confusing <laughs> Washington, Washington State, but if Arizona was to uh, win the game on Saturday, uh, what would they need to do? They have to contain the run, uh, and it's probably easier said than done, but they can't let Washington dictate the tempo like they did against Oregon State. Like, even though that game was close at times, you never really felt like Washington was going to lose that game because of how much in control the, the Huskies were. And it's the type of game where Arizona can't do that and win a game. They're not good enough to make mistakes and let another team control the tempo and win a game. They're they're not USC, basically. Like, USC hasn't played well for two weeks, and it's still 2-0. Um, Arizona's not that team. They have to limit their turnovers and mistakes. Against USC, they had two penalties or three penalties on third down. They gave the Trojans first down. Can't do that on the road against Washington. But to me, the biggest thing is they have to contain the run. If the Huskies establish the run and, and are really successful there, um, it's going to be really hard for Arizona to win that football game. Jason Shear from Wildcat Authority. I appreciate you giving us the breakdown. Anything else we need to know about Arizona before we cut you loose? Um, I think that's it.
I'm, I'm interested to see how they do. They, they look pretty good against USC, but still lost. But uh, this is a, a different type of challenge for them. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, five o'clock kickoff at Husky Stadium and uh, Arizona at uh, Washington. So uh, make sure and tune in after the game. Nobody covers it better than the guys from dogman.com. I'm Kim Grenolds along with Jason Shear, Wildcat Authority. Go dogs. Thank <laughs> you.